Hello, everyone. My name is Joshua Nather, and I am on a mission to understand how young people see the world. You are about to watch an interview between myself and someone else who is under 25 years old about their worldview, that is their identity, religion, and politics. As you watch this interview, please keep in mind that in 5, 10, 40 years from now, we are not going to be the same people as we are today. And if we are the same people as we are today, then we have done a bad job of listening and learning to the people around us. So without further ado, enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is Leah. She's awesome, uh, and she's very articulate and opinionated, and I love the things that she has to say. I love talking to her, uh, so that's why I wanted to share with you a conversation with both of us. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about where you're from and uh, what your life has looked like. Okay, yeah. So um, I was born in Hutchinson, Kansas, and very quickly moved to South Carolina with my family, and then after that, we moved to China when I was 10, so that's probably where the most interesting part of my life started. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it's the most interesting part of life, as you uh, eloquently said, uh, how long did you live there? I lived there until I was 19, which okay. was uh, like three or four years ago. Okay, so <laughs> like a pretty good chunk of like mm -hmm. your... Would you say there was like a lot of like intellectual development there? Like... <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, I think it affects kind of the way I look at the world quite a bit. So. Okay, cool. Um, so then, did you go to school there, or what, what did that look like? <laughs> My family started homeschooling before we moved there, and then continued after we got there, so Okay. been homeschooled most of my life. Cool. Um, and so then, moved back here to Kansas, um, and you're doing... Now I'm working at Central Christian Preschool. I'm a teacher in the toddler room, so I teach one-year-olds to two-and-a-half-year-olds. Okay, cool. Um, and, I'm, and from everything I hear, you do a great job. So. <laughs> I enjoy it a lot. So. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to just go ahead and jump right into the question a little bit. Uh, what would you say are some key parts of your identity? Um, definitely first and foremost. Excuse me. <coughs> you all good? Definitely first and foremost is that I'm a Christian, so mm -hmm. I think that colors everything, the way I look at life, the way I try to live, the choices I make, mm -hmm. um, and I guess, yeah, like I said, living in China really f affected things quite a bit. Um, I like to have a pretty wide variety of perspectives, um, both talking to people and reading and just, you know, I like to experience variety and kind of make decisions based on having as much information as possible. So I guess wide experience is another <laughs> aspect of my identity is something I value a lot. So, okay. So, um, I, so the part that I caught was Christian and having a lot of experiences. Um, so then, I, is there anything that I missed in that? <laughs> no, I think I was long-winded in saying that, but yeah, that's, no, that's that, your it, main it's, point. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the reason is, is like I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what questions to ask mm -hmm. you in response to your answers. So, uh, why, why is uh, having a lot of experiences something that you would pinpoint uh, as part of your identity? Like, is it because, like, maybe you feel like you have uh, a lot of experiences that help shape? how you view the world or is it maybe a lot of experiences relative to your peers what would be 
Um, I guess it's kind of the way that I would choose to try to experience the world is to just get as many perspectives as possible. And so I tend to try to pursue a wide range of people in my friendships. I try mm -hmm. to read a lot of books. And in fact, this is kind of applies to a conversation I just had yesterday. I got a letter from one of my friends that was um, very graciously confronting me about the fact that I don't just use King James Version Bibles. Uh. I was like, oh, this is interesting because I very intentionally read as many different versions of the Bible as I can get my hands on. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I was thinking Except about that. Except for the that. Passion Translation. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, 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 I digress. <laughs> Actually, I did mention to her that there are translations that are not translations. They're just <laughs> paraphrases. And so, yes. yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, just even things like that, like I try to get as wide a view of the world as I can um, mm -hmm. just it's available and so why not make use of it and I, I just say that's part of my personality to an extent that it affects a lot of how I live my life so okay so um, would would it be fair to say that you're it seems to me that like part of it part of a big part of your identity is learning about other people's identities and not being like completely concrete in what you believe aside from being a Christian is what it sounds like. So does that, does that sound? Cause I, we're both still pretty young. So we're still yeah. trying to figure out what we, and there's I mean, always still time to grow, but yeah, I mean, I do tend toward having really, um, solid ideas of what I believe and mm -hmm. maybe not shifting myself very much, but I do try to be very open to understanding why other people believe what they believe because uh, like you said, I'm young and mm -hmm. I need, uh, I need the wisdom of, um, numbers basically. And also just, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't changed my opinions on very many things. <laughs> so like it for very many years. So I feel like I couldn't really say that my opinions are fluid, but like, I definitely try so to understand. Do you them, think it, so. it might be, um, from I know that there may be some opinions that are not strictly biblical, and even within Christian communities, they can differ. But what would you say are some of the rigid things that you believe or hold to that are attached to your belief in Jesus Christ? <laughs> That's a good question. Um. You can take your time to think about it. <laughs> I mean, in a way, there's so many, like it colors every belief that I have in the way that I come to my decisions. But at the same time, like there are certain a few certain things that I think I would say I'm not changing on this and mm -hmm. everything else. I'm open if the Lord were to lead me to believe something different, which <laughs> is a little bit of a difficult thing to pinpoint, like how would he do that? But um, I guess the most important things are that Jesus Christ is the only way to mm -hmm. reconciliation with God and um, that his word is the way to know him in the world now, the, the clearest way to know him. And so we need to take the word seriously and believe that it is truth and that it is the, um, I don't want to say the only way to come to truth, but it is the only thing that we have that's a direct revelation from God. Mm. And so I think we need to um, value it and to treat it as 
the foundation for our understanding yeah. of and I, I know this is like really like nitty-gritty semantics and i say i don't want to like be like the grammar please but do you mean that uh it's like the only consistent uh divine revelation of god because i would say like i don't know stuff that maybe like the holy spirit did that wasn't recorded in the bible would have been like like a divine revelation or like uh I don't know where you stand on Holy yeah. Spirit kind of stuff. I mean, I definitely believe in the work of the Spirit, and I pretty frequently talk about, like, oh, the Spirit's yeah. leading this and that. But I would say that that's something that I would put a lot more... Um, I wouldn't put as much trust in my interpretation of the Holy Spirit unless it's backed by Scripture. Like, Scripture is mm-hmm. always oh what yeah. I come back to. Oh, yeah, to. yeah. It's the so. foundation of it. Okay. So then, why... Um, why is being a Christian something that's so important to your identity? Well, I think once you've put your faith in Christ, if it doesn't become a major part of your identity, then there's something that you're missing. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, yeah. if, if he's God and he's worth worshiping, mm-hmm. then he should be the most important thing in your life. Yeah. Yes. So, so um, that seems like a, a really obvious conclusion to why it's important now how did you come to the conclusion that that's what you should believe or is true uh so i mean i grew up in a family where it was pretty important but interestingly um so my mom was not a believer until after i was born Uh, and she was a single mom at that time and she um as soon as she got saved, she just became so passionate about the Lord. Like she's Mm -hmm. always been the most passionate Christian I've ever encountered, which is, um, that might have something to do with why I think it's, you know, the most important thing in the way that I interpret my life based off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but then she ended up marrying Eric Valdoy, who was from a long heritage of believers, Mm -hmm. uh, for many generations. And so I have this interesting meshing of perspectives where it's like new believer passionate for the lord old believer steady for the lord and like i got both and Mm -hmm. so um i have pretty much believed since i was a child um just you know it's what my parents taught me and i accepted it and then as i got older i started you know digging into it for myself and it just it was really compelling and i have experiences with the lord that make me believe that he makes a difference in our Mm -hmm. lives um so it's like intellectual experiential um and just like the Lord has really blessed me with a pretty clear belief in his love and in his sovereignty. And so like a lot of things that people struggle with that maybe make them question their faith as a teenager or as a young adult, I haven't really struggled with those. Mm -hmm. He's just been very gracious and like given me experiences and given me like the, the resources to Mm -hmm. understand it with my brain as well. So, so do you think it would be fair to say that, um, a lot of it is something that you just feel, kind of feel in your soul. Because I, I know that you mentioned the intellectual part, and I don't know if you did mention it, but uh, or kind of went into it. Is there like a lot of stuff behind the intellectual part? Or is that more of just like a, I know intellectual people that believe in it, so therefore I do? <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, it started out definitely as kind of a, um, I know it in my soul, experiential sort of understanding but I definitely have always had a tendency to um, enjoy intellectual like pursuits. And so I have spent a lot of time researching and thinking about it as well. Um, I've even, <laughs> just for fun, written a few essays about different things like mm-hmm. um, 
I, the one that I'm remembering off the top of my head is I wrote one about the question of like evolution versus like six day creation mm-hmm. situation. Okay. <laughs> so, so you would say that I was like, it's like a really core part of like, okay, well we take the Bible, like what it says. Um, okay. It seems like it goes back to like you, like it's absolute truth mm-hmm. um, or that's the thing that's most true. So that's what I'm going to go back to. Um, interesting. So how does being a Christian affect how you live in the world around you? Mm-hmm. Specifically differently than, let's say, non-Christians. Yeah. Or even other Christians that you would believe should live differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, like I had mentioned that's a question that I've really struggled with myself um, because as someone who kind of naturally finds it pretty easy to just be well-behaved and get along with people, sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like believing in Christ doesn't really make a huge difference. Like you hear testimonies of people who like went from horrible lives to like now I'm this great upstanding citizen because of Jesus. And that doesn't happen for, for me because like... You've always been kind of good. <laughs> yeah, and like... <laughs> I'll say it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just thinking about the fact that it's it's not a question of, like, getting along with people or being good. It's about um, your values and your priorities and the way you interact with people. Um, so what would you say are some, like, key values that you have that are in opposition to the world around you? Um, I think that I'm really dedicated to... Um, truth as the Lord says it, like he's the one who says what the truth is and we can't argue with him even if we don't like it. Um, I would say it's super important that we recognize that all people are created in his image and that they deserve respect and Mm -hmm. um, that without him they are lost and need salvation, but with him they have the capability to fulfill their full potential. Um, And I think those are both really important aspect because I think that as a Christian we should not be insular we should not be turning in on ourselves we should be embracing our impact on the world and on the people around us um, and that's something I've also struggled with because I um, I don't like to rock the boat at all mm-hmm. and so um, uh, just even recently I've been pretty convicted about that and about how as a Christian, I tend to focus on, like, what's the good that the Lord can do for me? Like, how can my life be easier? How can I be happier? How can I have more peace? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all really good gifts that come from the Lord. But I think that um, that shouldn't be my focus, especially if it's my natural focus, because I think the Lord calls us to come beyond our natural selves mm-hmm. and to, you know, like I said, embrace our full potential for um, impacting the world and for honoring him uh by the okay. way we live our lives. So is there, now I don't know, because uh, every time I've interacted with you, you've been in like a very, it's a very Christian circle. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it looks like for you whenever you're interacting with non-Christians, if at all. I don't know if that's like a big part of your life or not. It's not. It's definitely okay. not. Okay. And I think that's something I would like to, um, I'd like to change that. But I'm also, another important thing to me about living the Christian life is that Um, the Lord has you where he wants you and Mm. you need to be following the steps that he's putting in front of you. So right now I don't have a ton of opportunity to interact with non-Christians. And so my outlook is 
I'm not going to push away those opportunities when they arise. And I'm going to try to keep my eyes open for them because I think they are a really important part of the Christian life. Mm -hmm. But until he provides those opportunities, I'm going to focus my energies on pouring into the people that are in my lives. And if they're Christians, Christians still also need ministry. Mm -hmm. Like it's super important that we fellowship with each other and encourage and exhort one another, you know, to love and good deeds. And Mm -hmm. so if that's where I'm at right now, I'm going to focus on that. But um, he has given me a few opportunities lately, um, and they didn't really seem to go very far. <laughs> but you okay. know, to just try to be available to where the Lord leads is also super important. All right. So how would you say that uh, your identity, which seems to be primarily rooted in your religion, affects some of your politics? <laughs> is that something you want to talk about? I'm, yeah, I'm willing. Okay, yeah. I would say that my religion has caused me to fall pretty heavily on the side of conservatism. Okay. Being conservative. Being conservative, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it has also really encouraged me to um, be very open to listening to the people who fall on the other side. Um because of, like I said, people being made in the image of God and being Mm -hmm. worthy of respect. Um, I would say that I would tend toward um, believing. (laughs) So what are are some things that uh, cause you to be more conservative because of your belief in Christ? Um, I mean, there's like... Politically here the, in America, the at hot least. button issues that maybe could be examples. I don't know. Is that like? Yeah, no. I that's that's why I want to t- okay, have this yeah. conversation. But if you're not, what if you don't want to cross that line? No, I'm fine. Like I so, let me let me list a few. So there's yeah. abortion, there's uh, LGBTQ, there's school, there's taxes, welfare, uh, insider trading, there's feminism. Uh, but I mean, I don't like child yeah. support just however you want to put it like there's there's a lot of issues Mm -hmm. Uh, some people don't care about them or can meet most people can meet on the middle on most (laughs) of those that's just a couple of identity politics that usually are the the defining factors so however much you want to talk about those yeah so i'm definitely not hugely into politics like i don't spend a lot of time thinking about it so i'm mostly familiar with the big ones like you know abortion lgbtq um one that you had mentioned was feminism that was one but that's okay. not the one I was thinking of but yeah those are the ones that I'm the most familiar with and I would say that um, I mean I am <laughs> to use the phrase pro-life um, <clears throat> carries a lot of baggage um, and so okay. I would clarify my belief is that abortion is always wrong in every situation Okay. Um, but I also would say that I have read a lot and spoken to a lot of people (coughs) and I completely understand why it is very important to a lot of people that it is not made illegal. Mm -hmm. I would say I am a little uncertain as to where I fall on that issue, Okay, but I think it is always wrong. Yeah. Politically and morally, I look at it two different ways and I'm Uh, not entirely sure on my political. I actually can resonate with that a lot. Like, cause I I don't know. I know that lots of uh, fellow Christians, like maybe it'll change whenever I get older, but 
maybe there's just like this deep ingrained like sense of freedom in me as an American. It's like, no, they should have the choice to do what they want. But I don't. But I, I I agree with you. It's wrong in every single instance. Um, but yeah, and and that's something I thought about too. Like, yes, in America, a value is freedom of choice and liberty, but it has always had restraints based on whether it hurts other people or not. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. So I think that it should be illegal if that weren't to cause other bigger problems. And I'm not convinced that making it illegal would cause other bigger problems, Mm -hmm. but I can understand why other people think that it might. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I try to, you know, politically look at it in a way that's a little more balanced. Whereas my inclination would be, and my conviction is it's absolutely wrong and should never be allowed. (laughs) So like, you Mm -hmm. know, like pretty, pretty solid hard line on my actual beliefs. And then it, it's a question of like, how does that get lived out in a world that's broken? Because mm-hmm. we can't always live right. Like we can't always, we shouldn't even force other people to live according to our convictions. Um, but then the question becomes like, there are some things that are just universally, universally applicable to everyone, whether or not they believe in God, like don't murder. Mm-hmm. It's one of them. Yeah. And so then like, how do you apply that to a question that people look at as a not black and white issue that's a little harder <laughs> yeah so then um so it sounds like you're still trying to figure out where you land on it politically although you definitely know where you are morally on it um is that kind of more, is that something you're praying through or you, you're just kind of like <laughs> waiting on to figure out if some conviction flies your way about it I mean, right you don't now, have to you don't have to be like hyper focused on it. Yeah. Right now, I'm not really thinking about it too much. Um, when I was in college, I read a book on it um, and it was written by someone who identified as pro choice. Um, and it was probably the best book I've ever read on the subject. It was very, very even keeled, like it, it presented both sides well. Um, and that was the thing that made me question my absolute like yes it should be illegal all the time mm-hmm. no matter what um well, i don't so I, this is a scary subject to say this on but that seems like a you know healthy thing to be able to be like oh i i don't have to be as so one single-minded in this one issue but like it shows that you can grow i mean like <laughs> you, you said something earlier that was like yeah, I don't change much, or my opinions have always kind of been the same, but I yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've seen different in you. <laughs> like, I feel like you're very willing. Whenever you're presented with truth, you're like, not to, not to say that this is the truth. I think it's mainly the truth isn't as simple as sometimes we like to think, but uh, you definitely have an eye for it. <laughs> Thank you. So um, moving on from that then, uh, you mentioned... Uh, feminism and LGBTQ mm-hmm. stuff. So, <laughs> so the feminism one is a little bit nebulous for me because a lot of my beliefs do stem from my religion, but a lot of them also just stem from personal preference. I'm like absolutely, completely against feminism. Completely. Oh, okay. And that's yes. A lot of that is just my personal preference, but a lot of it also does stem from the, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, dream of being a stay-at-home mom and homeschooling all my kids and you know just all the traditional housewife 1950s like like oppress me just (laughs) like don't let me work don't let me vote I don't even care I just want to be traditional woman (laughs) 
I think Which, people. Okay, I think. I think. I think. Yeah. I think but. women in the 1950s could vote. I mean, <laughs> I think yesterday was actually the 103rd anniversary of the 19th Amendment. So, so yeah. just slight fun fact. But. <laughs> Yeah, and just to clarify, like, sometimes I exaggerate for humor, so that yes. was a little bit exaggerating, but, I mean, for the most part, it's true. Like, I, feminism and women's liberation is not a value for me at all. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Do you think you would land on more, like, that's that more of a personal preference, or do you take issue with lots of the political pushing for where, where women's place should be in society right now? Both. Both? Okay, yeah. so tell me a little bit about... Uh, how you would change or what your opinions are on how society pushes uh, where women's role is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I see a big push for... Um, hmm. So it's a lot more subtle than it used to be, I think, in daily life. Like, there's, there's definitely, like, the extreme radical feminist but like I don't even want to go there because mm -hmm. it's not like it's not the mainstream thing. Yeah, it's not that's not what it it's not actually it. happening. I mean yeah. the media talks about it, but it's not <laughs> like something Yeah. So even just like the, there's these subtle, subtle pushes everywhere you go for women to um, take control, for them to seek to um, be everything that a man can be and like just uh, to blur the lines of like what men and women are supposed to accomplish in life um, and how they're supposed to reflect the Lord. And obviously like in mainstream culture, that's not the way they're going to phrase it. Like it's not about twisting our image bearing of God. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you come back to the truth, that's what it is. Like men and women were designed to bear the image of God in two very different ways um, and to express mm. different sides of who the Lord is. Um, yeah. and, and so I think it's super dangerous that we have kind of blurred that line. Mm. Um, and I think that uh, it's in everything. Like, I just open a kid's book and it'll be like some kind of like, oh, like girls are, they can do construction just like a guy, which is true. Like, these mm -hmm. things are yeah, not yeah. wrong. But for the subtle push to always be to just level the playing field yeah. is a little dangerous, especially because I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding between difference and um, lack of equality. I think that being different does not mean lack that we are equality. less valuable. Um, mm -hmm. And even to the extent of I'm a pretty firm believer in like uh, women's submission to husbands and fathers and things. I don't think that makes us lesser value either. Is things uh, is that a different pronoun than husbands and fathers? Sorry, <laughs> said husband, you said husbands and fathers and things. Oh, and things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would take off the end things actually because I, <laughs> I I don't think that women are supposed to be in subjection to every man. No, life, no, yeah, okay. <laughs> I just, that is actually a, a really good clarification. Um, so. Man, this is a really long... This could just open a whole yeah. can of worms. But I, I really, for the sake of <laughs> anybody watching this, mainly because of a little bit of what people experience with me, uh, why why do you believe that? Like, why... Um, there's... Is there something like... Is it just a biblical perspective? And if so, like, why why would that apply to us now? <laughs> right, I mean, and I'm, I'm I'm asking 
not to like argue with you. I, yeah. I, I want to like know. I just <laughs> yeah. want to know. Um, yeah, it's definitely my opinion comes from the Bible first and foremost. Like I see it very clearly in the Bible. Um, I've read quite a few books um, from Christian perspectives on the issue, uh, which are kind of expounding on what the Bible says mm -hmm. and why it can apply to our lives today. And I have experienced a little bit of some sort of mainstream people who are kind of ambiguous to me about whether or not they are Christians who also agree with me. Like there's kind of a trendy movement online of people who want to go back to this, wait, which is kind it, of interesting wait, to like me. The, is it called trad wife? I think is that it what is, it yeah, is yeah. And I, I think that's just a little weird, but also <laughs> like, I mean, sure, I'm glad there's some people who are valuing these things. Maybe we can kind of help balance each other out. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So actually, a, a super influential book that I just recently read is also extremely controversial. Like, okay. I know Christians who love it, and I know Christians who okay. hate it. And it's called Created to Be His Help Meet by uh, Debbie Pearl. Okay. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Oh, man. It is one of the most controversial books I think I've ever read, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny, because it's, it's just a book about, like, it, the subtitle is, like, how God can make your marriage glorious, I think. So it's like, it's okay. a marriage book for Christians who believe in, or even Christians who don't. Like, it's trying to convince you mm, that, like, okay. women's submission is the way to go. Now, let me, I'm just going to ask you really quick for the audience. Uh, what are some, like, healthy books on both sides that you feel like you've read, if there are? On the feminist issue? Yeah, on the feminist issue. I don't know if I've ever read any on the other side, actually. And <laughs> <I> <laughs> okay. On the feminist okay. issue. Um, it's. I just don't feel like they have much going for them, really. Okay. Uh, so for those of you who are watching, I recommend uh, The Two Views um, by Craig Keener and uh, Linda Belleville. Um, I think think there's a Dr. Bloomberg in it and another person. But it's two people on the f the more feminist side and two people on the more traditional side. And this is specifically from a Christian point of view. So if you're not a Christian, maybe not as helpful. That's just something. It's like, a you know, four authors in the same book arguing and you get to watch the argument. And that reminds me, actually, Hannah recommended this series to me and I didn't actually finish it, but it had a lot of really good stuff in just the few episodes that I have listened to. It's Mike Winger's, um, yep. I think it's based mostly for head coverings, I think is the issue that it covers. But um, it so I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I actually recommended that to Hannah and then, well, so I recommended it to my dad. Uh -huh. My dad was like, and I was like, oh, I think this would be super helpful for like women at the gospel chapel because it, i mean it's like you know it's really balanced mm -hmm. i feel like yeah, and so right. then that's uh right. and i think he strategically sent it to hannah to send it. i don't know i yeah. don't know <laughs> probably probably yeah i would not be surprised sounds like something your dad would do yeah that sounds like something my dad i just know i know him i've lived with him my entire life it's the way he mm -hmm. i don't know He's I didn't like, get super far because I mean I'm not a good person to recommend podcasts to i don't listen to podcasts yeah, very often you. but yeah <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, like I was, I listen to an uh, an unhealthy amount of podcasts. It's not great, but uh, I was actually looking for something that was talking about Gen Z worldview, and then I I couldn't find it, and I yeah. was like, 
Well, that stinks. I kind of want to know what actual young yeah. people think. Oh, that's great. So. I mean, there's like a famous author who says if there's something that you want to read that's not there, then write it. I can't <laughs> remember who it was, but you're doing it. So yeah, that's well, great. I'm trying. Um, okay, so then uh, I imagine you don't face as much of it. Uh, like you said, it's, it's more like subtle things, mm-hmm. especially in the culture that you're in right now. Uh, at least that would be my perspective mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Um, although... Hmm. Trying to figure out. Okay, so do you encounter many issues with LGBTQ stuff, or is it more things you would see on the media? I've encountered some. Um, I have family members who uh, Mm. would fall into that um, like (laughs) broad category, and I interact with people who that's a big issue on their perspective mm-hmm. on Christianity. Um, and I yeah. think for that reason, that's something that I would like to be more educated on um, as opposed to something like like <laughs> global warming or like insider <laughs> yeah, trading or yeah. some of the other things that you mentioned. Like those don't really affect the people that I interact with. That doesn't really affect their perspective mm-hmm. on God. But this one definitely does. And so um, <laughs> that one, it's... It's a pretty big issue right now. I think it affects a lot more people than it ever has. Um, and I think even that's a controversial statement. But mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, I mean, I think that <laughs> it kind of falls into the feminism too. Like, I think God created two genders and I think he created them to only create unions with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> two of opposite genders. So, yeah. like, those are my beliefs. That's, like, where I stand. Um, and then where, how it affects affects the way Christians live their life is, I mean, a little bit more of a nuanced issue. Um, like I would be friends with someone who didn't agree with me on that. And I Mm -hmm. would say that it is quite possible for people to have differing opinions on that and still be believers, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, an important thing. I try to think of it in the same way as like fornication, um, as in like, fornication is uh doing activities outside of marriage uh so i can be friends with somebody who fornicates but i would not like that would not be like a healthy christian thing to do yeah. in the slightest so uh you know there's like that I, I would i would behave the same way around that as i do with somebody that mm-hmm. thinks that they're a cat or <laughs> woman or likes men or whatever you know however you want to put it but uh so anyways i i guess that's the way i would kind of kind of manage my interaction with mm-hmm. the lgbtq community um I, I played like a trading card game for years and interacted with many people mm-hmm. <laughs> on that on that spectrum and that was actually a really great experience uh for me through high school i was seeing people with opposing lifestyles yeah i mean i would definitely recommend people to you know get, get out broad, there get a broad experience because it helps you yeah create rounded views yeah and i think a super important part though is to to have a really firm grasp of w- your understanding of truth um and don't let it slip away from you because i think a lot of times people in <laughs> my generation they they have that value for um wide experience and they have that value for toleration 
but they don't so much have the value for maintaining truth. They, uh, truth is a very nebulous idea to us these days, I think, and that's something that I'm, I really don't like. I think that's very dangerous. So um, how would you recommend people pursue and find truth? First and foremost, the Bible, <laughs> as okay. always. But uh, I think also just... Um, well, what are like some methods? Methods? Yeah. Like for like how getting do you, truth how, out how, of the yeah, Bible yeah, specifically? How, how do you find truth? Um, I you look at something and then you like pull out your Bible and you're like, uh, it says that wall is red, <laughs> therefore the wall is red. No. All right, that's a good clarification. Yeah, so um, no, um, read the whole thing and read it often okay. and it will shape the way that you per- perceive the world um also read it prayerfully okay. ask the lord to reveal truth and to reveal himself through the bible to you because he will that's the mm-hmm. reason he gave it to us is to reveal himself to us um and he is our standard okay. of truth um and so then besides that like that that's a long-term thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't apply to specific issues necessarily sometimes it does but when you, pr- when you approach the Bible with mm-hmm. hopes of finding answers on a specific issue, it won't work because you can find whatever you want in the Bible, um, as is evidenced by so many heresies and false teachers throughout <laughs> all of history. Yeah. Um, so um, <laughs> you can't open the Bible and find an answer to your question, usually. That's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so then if you have a specific question that you want to address, I would say talk to older people (laughs) talk to older people talk to older people don't just talk to your peers um talk to your peers definitely talk to a wide variety of peers Mm -hmm. but talk to older people too and recognize that they have a lot more experience Mm -hmm. and oh yeah so that's they probably have a clearer view of truth um and, and actually something that i wrote in my letter about the different bible versions thing was i've heard people say um in reference to reading older books, I've heard people say things like, um, we don't read older texts because they don't have blind spots or faults, but because they're likely going to fall in a different place than ours. And I think the same thing applies to talking mm-hmm. to older people. Like, obviously, they're not going to be perfect. Like, they're not going to get mm-hmm. everything exactly yeah. right. But we dismiss them a lot. And yeah. I think that's such a bad thing because even if they have problems and they have blind spots, they're likely not going to fall in the same places as ours so So, i don't know maybe if you have a whole lot of old people in your life i don't have i have maybe like one old person i see weekly and that's about it and he's my boss and he's great i love him but i mean he's and he's not even that old he's like 67 or something i mean when i say older people i don't necessarily mean they have to be like an elderly person like that's super valuable if you can if you can get access to the perspective of an actually elderly person and that's great (laughs) yeah but if you can't like just like cast your nets wide like your church has people probably or like even just like you said your job might have Mm -hmm. people like just make friends with people who are not in your same demographic okay (laughs) yeah um man i was gonna make a joke i'm gonna make it anyways uh (laughs) so when is your birth well what month what month is your birthday (laughs) august I guess. Yep. Wait. So you're 23 now? Yep. Talking to an older person. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, thank you for your wisdom, Leah. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. I'm 
expanding my horizons, getting different perspectives <laughs> from older people. Right. No, I'm, I'm being entirely facetious. But, uh, okay, so then this is kind of summarize that. Uh, I think some people, like, I'll just add this niblet in here because I think that like I had a much different uh, path to like figuring out or believing that the Bible was true Um, because like I just as soon as I figured out like learned geometry it was that was like it it was all theorems it was like if then statements (laughs) that was everything so uh, I think that that was like the primary tool I would use whenever finding truth. Um, but I don't know that that's the most healthy thing because you can always argue yourself like there's presuppositions and prejudice and lots of if-then statements. So anyways, there are different ways to go about like reading, you know, figuring out truth. Although the, the last thing I think I want to uh, really ask you about is... What do you think adds meaning to your life? I have some follow-up questions, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, I think people are the biggest thing. Um, I have a lot of really, um, really good relationships with people in my life, and I think that that is the most meaningful thing in my life. Um, and I think that if you don't have meaningful relationships with people then you should really work on doing that because it's Mm -hmm. um, like people are the most deep, um, permanent facets of creation. And we are the like we're the we're the part of God's creation that's going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's and you don't think all dogs dogs go to heaven. (laughs) That's a question that I think. Is I was being as a joke. You don't. Have I to mean, like, them. I think it's important to a lot of people, but like, it's, <laughs> not, it's not an important part. There's a new part. creation. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyways, people yeah. are the most important. Not to confuse that with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. So yeah, definitely relationships are probably the most the most meaningful thing in my life. Um, and then an, a secondary thing would be um, the pursuit of beauty and enrichment. Um, and uh, I mean, like. Art, music, food, um, okay. and like just enjoying life. Enjoying life, yeah. Like that's a s- that is really meaningful, and mm-hmm. like don't minimize that. Like God created the world to be enjoyed, mm-hmm. as well as uh, like I mean, it's broken and there's horrible things, and mm-hmm. um, where it, it can be improved, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> but yeah, he, it's it's the place he's put us and we can learn to worship him through enjoying the things that he's given us. And that's something that I find really important as well. So, okay, cool. Um, I think I'm going to end it there. (laughs) I really liked what you had to say. Um, do you have anything that you would tell people to pursue or to think about, (laughs) um, or to ask themselves? What's something like, what's a question that you would have other people ask themselves? Um, <laughs> I guess I would ask myself as I'm um, seeking to live my life in a way that is more meaningful and more long-lasting, um, sustainable. 
am I valuing myself above everything or am, am I valuing God and um, others above myself? Um, and I think that <laughs> it does ha carry an underlying assumption that there's a right answer and a wrong answer. And mm -hmm. I would say I believe there is a right answer and a wrong answer. But even just thinking about it can be really revealing to yourself. Like think about am I valuing myself above everything else? And then think about how that affects your life. Mm, yeah. So. Okay, cool. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. It was awesome talking to you and hearing a little bit about how you see the world. Um, do you want people to know your social media? I can cut this part out. But yeah, do you uh, sure, I guess. Well, no, I just didn't know. If <laughs> I you mean, did like I didn't, yeah, I didn't even really think about that. I mean, I'm not super active on it, but like on Instagram, okay. probably the most it's sunflowers underscore and underscore peony. Okay. <laughs> so. okay cool. so, and you can text me later if you want me to cut that out or not. So yeah. I'm, uh, so, okay. Well, is there anything else you want to go over? Can't think of anything. Okay, cool. So, uh, if there's anything you want me to cut out or not having it, let me know. I'll do my best. That's no. fine. You know, that's <laughs> something that I've could have probably mentioned in my identity is openness like i just don't even like there's nothing okay so don't worry okay. about yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> obviously no i don't think you have to tell people that's <laughs> well that's that's good i guess i'm i'm living up to my ideals then yes yes you are <laughs> so all right well i'll go ahead and let you get home all right. but yeah thank you yeah. so much no thank you too <sighs> here we are at the end of the video since you're here you might as well consider liking and subscribing Always remember to keep on seeking to understand and love the people around you. I'll see you next Saturday, guys. Bye.